Hello and welcome to the Enchantress Society podcast with me, Tia Johnson. Put your muggle life on pause and travel with me to a place of magic, empowerment, and wonder as I interview prominent guests in the spiritual world and spill the enchanted tea on all of the ways you can conspire to craft the magical life you deserve. Always and forever, the Enchantress Society podcast is your virtual coven where I am rooting for you to succeed every step of the way. And welcome to another amazing episode. I have a very special guest who I cannot wait to introduce you to. We have the Jillian Lusk, who is an international best-selling author, motivational speaker, podcast co-host, certified Ray K practitioner, and creator of the Lux Lifestyle Method, a movement designed to help people get to the heart of their desires and create their life on their terms. Jillian has 15 plus years experience working in public education as a teacher, district level administrator and consultant. She uses her background in education and adult learning to shape her courses and books, something that sets her apart from her peers and makes her teaching style compelling and effortless. Through her Lux Lifestyle Method, Jillian guides her clients through a deep self-discovery process as they radically shift into the best version of themselves. She believes that rediscovering who we are on a soul level will allow people to begin living life on their terms. Through her program, she also provides integration and embodiment support so clients can create aligned, sustainable changes and habits as they begin living out their best life. Her goal is to teach people how to go within, rediscover who they truly are at a soul level, while also helping to guide them to live out their soul's purpose. You can connect with her at the Jillian Lutz, and I'll put her information in the description of this episode. And her TikTok is the same. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I'm so excited to have you here. I absolutely love what you discuss. And because of that, or one of the reasons, I would love to start off with an oracle reading, a one-card oracle reading from Colette Barron reads the Enchanted Map deck. Mm. There we go. So I'm going to uh, draw three cards and you'll just say one, two, or three, and I am going to reveal that card. So here we go. There's, oops, sorry. <laughs> no, this is exciting. I've never, I have not seen that deck. I have a deck from the same, from the same person. It's just a completely different deck. It's so beautiful. Oh, I, I, I love her, her decks, whoever she uh, works with, the artist. Mm-hmm. They do such a great job with each deck. I know she uses different artists, so it's just nice to see uh, the different themes and mm-hmm. things like that. So we have three cards. Let me know what you're thinking. One, two, or three. Three. All right. Here we go. Ooh, moonlight. Mm. Hey, and that's just as we're coming into the shift into the new moon as well. Yes, yes. And also, well, actually, what, what also do you think about Moonlight before I talk about what I think about from that card? So Moonlight for me is all about rebirth. Mm. You know, 
during the, I, I really do like to pay attention to the moon cycles for myself. And mm -hmm. when the full moon comes that day is really all about self-care for me. And it's yeah. really just using that energy from the moon and from that moonlight to recharge. Um, I put my crystals outside. I let the crystals get recharged by the moonlight. Um, it's really just a time for a new beginnings and setting those new intentions as that new, as the moon cycle continues. So that card in and of itself just reminds me of the rebirth that is possible underneath that energy and that light from the moon. Mm, yes. Yes. I felt that the energy and the light from the moon. I feel like I get charged at night from the moon <laughs> more so than the daytime. <laughs> And what I'm getting from that car, what I feel is um, diving deeper into the night, into the deeper uh, mm -hmm. aspects of self, and then also have that guiding light, that moonlight, whether it be spirit or your higher self, just that, that beam of um, light that that moon represents, the intuition, the feminine aspect. So uh, just to you know, uh, piggyback off of what you were saying, I feel like it's, it's multi-layered like that and so many things that can be done uh, during the nighttime in particular, my favorite time in the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like I get this huge burst of energy right around the time it's supposed to be bedtime. Right, right exactly. And I, I've been meaning to look deeper into this. Uh, some people who I follow have uh, some, uh, talked about articles where scientists and other researchers have stated that women's cycles are different than men's cycles. So we're, we aren't operating on this 24 hour cycle anyway. So to be powered at by the night or to get a, a rush of creativity or whatever it is at nighttime for women in particular, really isn't a surprise. That's who we are <laughs> partially. So that was really interesting. That I'm going to dive in, into that um, at a later date, but I thought it was really interesting to know. That is, it's so interesting. And, you know, when I think about the moon, I think about creativity and rebirth mm -hmm. and that I also kind of attribute to that, that feminine aspect that you speak of. Right. So mm -hmm. really diving into that true divine femininity is all about the rebirth and that creativity. So it's, it makes perfect sense that at the nighttime is when us as females are feeling that burst of like that creative juice. And like last night I was up till God knows how long working on a new thing for my business. Ooh. And I was, I was exhausted at, I don't know, seven o'clock. And then I was like, wait, this is a great idea. I have to sit down <laughs> and get to work. So like it's at, in that moonlight, it just, that divine feminine for me just kind of sticks out so much. It's so much more powerful. Yeah, I, I totally agree, which leads me to my first question. And this is something I could tell is near and dear to your heart, just from the research I was doing, society and its labels. Mm -hmm. So you know how, um, as we were just talking, how many uh, symbols represent the feminine all that jazz and how in many aspects of society, anything that's remotely related to femininity has been deemed, uh, it, I don't want to say horrendous because I don't want to put that in the same sentence, but just deemed as taboo, such as our menstrual cycles and so forth. So I would love to uh, for you to dive more into what you encounter with society labels and ways that you have combat that in, in your business and in personal life. Yeah. So speaking specifically to that femininity piece, right? 
I, I truly do feel that by my, with my time in education and working in corporate, you also sometimes get the idea or the feeling that femininity or females are weak. Mm. And that is like one of those big taboo things that in society, like there's no reason why a female or femininity needs to be viewed as somebody weak or not at the same stature as men. And that is one of those things that I worked so hard to like break out of and working my way up in the education system and doing the things that I was doing. Um, it really was the motivation was to break that mold and to show everybody that, hey, just because I'm a female doesn't mean that I can't do things and be powerful and be successful. Right. Um, it's, it's, that was definitely one of, the, one of the labels, if you think about it, that I've really had to work and overcome. And, but part of that was also learning to embrace that feminine side, because as you're hustling and as you're working, you tend to lean towards that masculine energy a lot. And one of the things that I needed to do as I started creating my own business and co-venturing out on my own was leaning into the feminine a lot more than working in corporate. When you're in mm -hmm. corporate, it's that hustle bustle. It's a lot of that masculine energy. And that masculine energy wasn't doing me any favors when I was trying to build this business and birth all of these ideas. So really the, the beginnings of my spiritual journey was really taking the time to learn about both and learn about the benefits of both sides and how to integrate that really into my life so that I can be successful. Mm -hmm. Oh man, Whew. I just felt like you took us to church there <laughs> <laughs> because so many things stuck out, namely uh, breaking the mold, embracing, and then integrating. Yeah. Those are three very specific, very uh, multi-layered, I don't want to say checkpoints, but uh, processes in, in our journey, right? Breaking the mold is first. We are aware that, okay, something needs to be done. And then when you embrace something, it, it's part of the acknowledgement, you accept cer certain things, but to really integrate that into your life, to embody that, yes. now, now we're really getting somewhere. So when people are coming to you to learn about the, the Lux lifestyle method, I just love saying it. I'm like, yes, I'm all about that. Are these some of the, the very thing that you also dive into, or is it just a particular set of things and, and you, you touch on those things of breaking the mold and so forth? Yeah. So that's a great question. So one, I'll be very vulnerable here for a second. One of the things that actually was holding me back from creating this method and pushing out these courses was the idea that it was something different, right? Mm. It was me creating my own thing and paving, paving my own way. And I really now embrace the fact that the work that I'm putting out there is so different. And it really is based upon what I've gone through on my own spiritual journey at the very beginning. So for me, I'm a very analytical person. I'm very type A, like I need a hands-on. I need to understand, right? Like I need to understand the science behind things before I can dive in. So part the, the biggest part of this Lux lifestyle method is really rediscovering who we are, but using the tools 
that are out there, right? So there's a lot of different tools that are out there and guiding my clients through using those appropriately. Things like specifically human design and astrology. Those are my two big things that I like to use because like you said, society places so many labels on us and whether that's from our parents, whether it's from school, whether it's just like societal norms or maybe it's cultural norms. And Mm -hmm. we grow up being told that we need to act this way. We need to be this way in order to be successful. Well, what I've recognized is sometimes the messages and the advice we are getting from other people is not helpful for us because <laughs> right, thank maybe, you. maybe it's helpful for them or maybe it's been helpful for yes. somebody else, but like take decision-making, for example, there's people out there that say, just go with your gut, whatever you think, just go with your gut. And then I saw this video on TikTok a couple of weeks ago that kind of irked me and like got me feeling it like really gross inside because it was this woman that was talking about don't delay just make those decisions. The faster you make decisions, the better off you're going to be. Don't think about it. Don't overthink. And while yes, some people make need to make decisions that way. Not everybody does. So when you dive in and you really get to learn who you are at the core, because when we were born, how this, how the planets and the celestial bodies were in that design in the sky have really created a blueprint for Mm -hmm. who we are, what we are at the core, what things we value, how we go about relationships, how we go Mm -hmm. about with communication, and also decision-making that is part of human design. So taking my clients through this journey to rediscover who they are actually meant to be, right? Like, how are you actually meant to make decisions? How are you actually meant to best communicate How are you best meant to develop and strengthen your relationships? Because get rid of all the stuff that society is placing on you. You need to learn how you operate. Like what is your energetic blueprint so that you can then go about living the life that you are intended to live? When we're not living in alignment with who we are meant to be at a soul level, it is just, you're not happy. You're coming, like, mm-hmm. you, you'll have these days where you feel like, why is this all happening to me? Or, you know, things don't feel easy. But life is meant to be easy. Life is meant to bring you the things that are energetically attracted to you. And if we're not energetically in line, then those things aren't going to come to nope. us. <laughs> <laughs> no. So not one bit. It's a twofold. So what I do is first help people rediscover who they are at that scientific level, right? Because that's how I think is now here, here's my blueprint. This is how I should be living my life, but then bringing in spiritual tools such as Kundalini yoga, using Mm -hmm. Oracle cards to develop your intuition, uh, using mantras and really rewiring that, that negative feedback loop that we get sometimes, um, like EFT tapping. I like to bring in a lot of different modalities because not everybody's journey is going to be the same. So the things that they need to use, as you mentioned before, it's the embodiment, right? So the things that they need to use to start to embody some of these things may be different based upon their chart and their personality. Oh, that is 
so wonderful. I'm so happy the way you broke that down because we are all unique. And what works for someone may not work for us. And unfortunately, we do get told, I would say probably right about middle school, that we had to conform, we had to take standardized tests. But in grade school, uh, what, what is grade school? Like first grade to maybe fourth or fifth grade, we are just allowed to explore. And, you know, we have recess and the yeah. colors are there. And the older you get, the more colors go away. <laughs> yes. More difficult to conform. I even saw... Um, a meme that showed McDonald's back in the day being so full of color and now it's just gray and <laughs> showing how it just became a depressed person. And it's so interesting because the more we learn about ourselves, that self-discovery journey, the better we are and the more freer we become, we, we get, in, in my opinion, we become more and more free the more we learn about ourselves because we are deprogramming so many things. And I also love how you talked about just implementing so many different modalities. And that is just so helpful because when people are on their journey and to your point earlier, when someone says, oh, just make the decisions, that may work for some people because maybe they just, they have something about them where it just works. But I can, I'm willing to bet just a dollar, <laughs> I get crazy, <laughs> like in training places, $1 that, there are other things in their life that are haywire because if you're constantly making decisions and you're not really being the best informed, something is going to happen along the way that's not going to be in your favor. And I get that sometimes you do have to make those game time decisions, but that can't be across the board for everything. So I am someone like that, like you also who likes to know behind the scenes, you know, what's the breakdown of that? And I've been diving so much more deeper into frequencies and understanding the system of the body, the nervous system and things like that. And it is helpful. And when people do that, their outlook on life changes mm -hmm. triple fold, a thousand fold, really, because again, they're just, they're cleansing so much out of their, their system and their lives because now they realize they don't have to put up with certain things since they did so much internal yes. work. Yes. <laughs> Listening to you speak about it just now reminds me or made me think of the idea of being a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. being in school and being in the confines of, and you know what, I say this as a former student, but I say this also from working in education. I really do feel that the the construct of education really does turn people into people pleasers yeah. where we're just looking to pass that test. Or if we're writing a paper, we have to know how the teacher expects us to write this. And we're really just seeking everybody else's approval yeah. and we're doing things for everybody else. And then now you get to your twenties and your thirties and you're like, who am I? Like, I don't exactly. even know who I am anymore because I've just been, because I've been this person for so long that's just yeah. doing things for everybody else. And right. then you're living out of alignment, right? Like you said, your energetics, you know, people get sick, people get diseases because their energies are aligned or because they're too stressed out or they've reverted so far into this people-pleasing aspect that like you said, their body, their health, their physical health is also impacted. Mm -hmm. And there, a lot of people don't recognize or like re realize that 
it really is those three components. It's the mind, the body, and the soul. And if we're not in energetic alignment with who we're meant to be, we are inviting in all the stuff that does not serve us. Nope, exactly. And I'm going to post this picture again, because I like to post uh, updates. Speaking of people pleasing, I was someone who was like that. Mm -hmm. I was someone who I I love learning. I didn't care for school. I didn't understand why we had to be in the building for eight hours. Why can't we (laughs) learn outside and and sit on benches and learn, you know, why why I got to sit straight like this and look at you. And I would daydream and things like that. But um, when I stopped people pleasing, this, this really happened around, well, over the years, I stopped people pleasing little by little, but it really came to a helm in 2020 when we all had to really look inward. And when I did that, when I just really said enough is enough and I reinforced my boundaries, created new boundaries, I dropped weight like that. I dropped so much <laughs> weight. My best friend made me go to the doctor oh <laughs> to get a blood panel check because she thought something was wrong with me. And I, I, I love her to death. I know she loves me and she's going <laughs> to, you know, make sure everything is okay. But I knew it's because I was no longer energetically carrying on that person's emotions, yes. that person's trauma. I'm a Virgo. I love to find solutions. So now I ask people, do you want to vent or do you want solutions? If you want to vent, you get about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, I can't, I can't do it because energetically yes. I'm going to pick up on that. I lost about 50 pounds. Good for you. Yep. How amazing is that? Just by shifting your mindset. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. That is definitely something to celebrate because, you know, I, I am sitting here and I picture in my mind the vision of the shit from everybody else yeah. just coming off of you, right? And that was the weight. That was the weight mm-hmm. that you were carrying. Yep. And then realize it, right? Because like, oh, well, you know, that person needs help. That person needs help. And it's it just happens so naturally. And especially with the people pleasing, to your point, when we get in the corporate world or, or any form of, of work, right? We want to make sure that we make the supervisor happy. We don't want confidence with our coworkers. So we're trying to navigate through yeah. all of this. Meanwhile, people come home stressed. They have displacement. So many other things go on. And that's another reason why I love that you uh, dive into astrology. In my uh, Cosmic Goddess Mastermind, I have the students look at particular places in their birth chart to help them understand why, why they are looking towards a certain industry for careers or why they need uh, aesthetics for love, because that's what you need. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are an individual person. You are unique. So if you need roses and whatever incense, do that. If, if you yes. need solitude, do that. So I yes. love that you had that Lux lifestyle yes. method because it's so needed. Yes. And you know what? Speaking to your point, knowing your chart and knowing how you are meant to function in the world in certain mm-hmm. aspects also creates the sense of self-confidence Yes, because we might need something that's different than those people that are around us, but knowing why we need those certain things in our life Mm -hmm. and giving it a context, right? Like because of this placement in my chart, I know that I need this, right? Knowing that it connects back to something helps us to strengthen that self-confidence so that we can 
state our needs and our wants or place those boundaries that we may need to with some people in our lives without understanding the whys and the hows, it's very difficult to have that self-confidence and be in that Mm -hmm. place to ask for the things that we need and we want. Mm, Asking for the things we need and want. Jillian, Jillian, Jillian. (laughs) You hit it right here. (laughs) It's so true because it is hard to ask for what you need and want until you get to that point. And I just want to emphasize here because you're bringing up so many great points is that what we need and want, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. No one's broken. No one's being too much. No one's being extra. You just don't know that that's what you need and want. And there's nothing wrong with that. I took a test years ago. Oh, it's called, um, your, your doshas, the, the pitta, the and I learned that I'm, I'm the in-between, the combo type where I need hot and cold. And for so long, I thought that I was just being too much when I would go to restaurants and want a hot and cold drink. I thought, oh, you know, they give me water. Maybe I'll get one drink. I don't want the cappuccino. I don't want to do too much. No, that's literally what I need. Yes. I need the hot and the cold. <laughs> and it does give you more confidence. So when yes. someone does say, oh, you, you're being so extra. It's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Number one, I'm paying for this. <laughs> Two, <laughs> so what? <laughs> What's right. it to you? And even if I wasn't paying for it, this is what I get normally anyway. So there's a problem. I don't know what to tell you at this point. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You, br- you brought up a really good point too, because just because people have different wants and needs doesn't make them any less or more than the other person. And I think about this in like the dating context, because really what prompted my spiritual and self-growth journey was not finding the right people and drawing in like those people Mm. that just created toxic patterns in my life. And so in thinking about the bigger, the bigger picture here, these are my needs and these are my wants. There's somebody out there that is going to be able to meet me where I'm at. So if you come across somebody that maybe they can't give you the needs and the wants, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It doesn't mean Mm. that you're too extra. It doesn't mean anything like that. (laughs) It just means that you're not compatible. Right. And And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. And that's okay. More people need to say, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So hello, Tia Johnson here from the Enchantress Society. And I have a question for you. Have you thought about visualize creating your very own podcast, getting your message, your skills, your voice out there to the world? Well, you know, I'm solution-based. So I have a solution, a remedy to make your idea a reality of creating your very own podcast. I created a user-friendly program to help you create your podcast in a day. And that's the exact name of the program, how to create your podcast in a day. This program provides tools and strategies for content concepts and creating an environment for podcasting. I also help you to alleviate that feeling of overwhelm, confidence concerns when it comes to podcasting from interviewing people to just wanting to bring forth valuable content. Having podcasting for a decade now, I know what it's like 
to want to do a bunch of research and want to bring to the people the best possible shows. So I want to cut down that learning curve for you by providing this information to you. So you can learn more about how to create your podcast in a day. Again, a very simple program to get you started to knock out the questions of how do I form formulate questions for interviews? What themes should I pick for my podcast? How should I name my podcast? What's the branding and vibe of my podcast? I break that down for you. Okay, and the best part, one of the best parts rather about this program is that you can use it time and time again. So even if you decide to rebrand your podcast, which may happen, I've done it many times, you have that foundational tools and strategies, concepts and so forth to help you map that out. So visit tmrvjohnson.com forward slash boutique and you can get access to this program for $37. I cannot begin to tell you the last time I offered something at that price range. So go ahead, take advantage of it and create your podcast today. So I, I would love to know your thoughts on this um, syndrome. It's, it's trending. It's called lucky girl syndrome. So I know that you discuss manifestation and the depths of that. So I, I would love to know your thoughts about the lucky girl syndrome versus manifestation because there's along the lines of that. I've seen some similarities. So I, I would love for you to talk about that. Yeah. So when I think about this conversation about this lucky girl syndrome, right? Most of the time people are saying that about celebrities or people mm -hmm. that come from well-to-do families. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the success of the celebrities or the well-to-do families, those adults and the parents have done some type of inner work at some point mm -hmm. to get their family to where they need to be. So the energetics are there, right? The energetics of Call the, the energetics that we think about when we talk about manifestation, the parents have done that work at some point, whether it's been formal or not, because a lot, I will say people in I, older generations maybe didn't necessarily always know about all of this, but mm -hmm. even just thinking about money mindset and shifting your mindset around money, those billionaires and the millionaires out there had to do some sort of work on the thought of, well, money comes, money goes, or mm -hmm. you know, otherwise they wouldn't be successful. So the fact that a child is brought into an environment like that, they are already at a higher like level than some other people because mm -hmm. they're living in that environment where it's high energy all the time. The success is there. The, the, the laws of the universe are working in their favor because they're in that environment. So it's not as if they're lucky because they're just lucky. Like there's no, there's no just being lucky just to be lucky. It yeah. has to do all with the energetics behind it. So then you think the contrast and you think about a person who grew up in a lifestyle where maybe it was a little bit more chaotic and it was a little bit more hectic and maybe they didn't have the money. The parents didn't have the money to provide food or clothing all the time. Maybe it was a struggle. Those energetics are at a lower frequency. 
So a child that's growing up in that environment does have to do a little bit more inner work to get Mm -hmm. to the higher level frequencies because they're used to being in the lower level frequencies. Whereas somebody in a well-off family, they are used to being in those higher energetic frequencies. So it's easier for them to access that. So the person that Mm -hmm. does come from maybe a not so great background has to work. They have to work to increase those frequencies. And then in that case, that's that's what is going to help them with manifestation, right? Because you can't manifest when you're at a lower level frequency. You manifest when you're at that high level frequency. Absolutely. And just for uh, the listeners who are unfamiliar with lucky girl syndrome, I actually heard about this on the radio when I was in my Uber. (laughs) I was like, what's this? manifestation they got rebranded and watered down so (laughs) it stays here lucky girls girl syndrome is essentially the belief that affirmation mantras and positive mindset in life will bend everyday events in your favor and it goes on to talk more Mm -hmm. about that and i'll i'll post a link to the the medical um blog in the description for anyone wants to read more and and i thought well, yeah, I get it, but I also think to just say, oh, everything works in my favor, but you're not doing the work behind it. To your point, yeah. if if it's if it's a, 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 a child, someone who's already in that atmosphere, yeah, if if mom and dad know, you know, this person and that person, you are already connected, as opposed to someone who has to work, you know, a little bit harder. So luck really has nothing to do with it. It may be 1%, maybe you catch a break, maybe, yeah. but even catching a break means that you've done so much or you you are within good company. So I think that's a little bit misleading to some people mm-hmm. or it can be, or and two things can be true at the same time. It could be a way for uh, an entryway for people to learn about manifestation. They may say, hmm, well, I'm saying everything uh, good happens to me every day, but I'm not really seeing that. What's the hold up? Yeah. And maybe that will prompt them to dig deeper. So I'm I'm a bit on the fence about it. I, I get it, but I think it can easily rob people of understanding the powers of manifestation without doing the, yes. the lower level work. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree with that because honestly, when you think about manifestation and that word gets thrown around so much in our space and it's like, it's misused sometimes even Mm -hmm. too. Right. And so when you think about the actual manifestation process, you have to dig deep. You have to do that deep inner work because we all have shadows. We all have trauma. And I don't care what, I don't care what type of family you grew up in. You yes. always have some piece of trauma. There's something, maybe it's not yes. the big T trauma. Maybe it's the little yeah. T trauma, whether it's getting bullied in school or whatever the case may be that resides in every single person. So if we are not taking the time to heal those pieces of ourselves, that negative energy gets stuck in our bodies. When that negative energy is stuck in our bodies, we are not able to attract the positive things the way some people can, right? Or as easy as some other people. And I've learned that the hard way, right? So it's, I, you know, years ago, before I started my journey, I sat back here and I was like, why the hell is all of this happening to me? Like Mm -hmm. enough is enough. 
Like, yeah. I just want to catch a break. And I'm sure a lot of people have said or thought the same things. And that is really what prompted me to go within because it had nothing to do with everybody else. It had nothing like these things were coming to me for a reason. Maybe it was to learn. Maybe it was to grow. Maybe it was to heal some aspects, but I couldn't manifest the life of my dreams until I cleared out a lot of that stuff. Yes. Yes. It's a journey. <clears throat> excuse me. That scares off a lot of people. Yeah. Because to your point, once you realize that point, that, that feeling of, I, I imagine people looking up, you know, from grinding and surviving and to, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm looking to my left, looking to my right, and everyone's doing the same thing. And I'm looking down the road and that's not who I want to be. I see the people down the road. I don't want to be like them. And so we embark on this journey that again is long. You don't know the end. It's dark, right? And it does scare off a lot of people, which is why I'm glad that you have been able to help people, especially with your journal, Deluxe. Of, so actually, can you talk about the journal? Because yeah. I was looking at it and I'm just like, <laughs> I need to purchase that because it just has so many good things in there from what I saw on the rail. So can you talk about your, your journal? Wow. Yeah, so- really to your point also too, that sometimes people are scared off by doing mm -hmm. this inner work, knowing, using my education background and really understanding that we need to have different entry points for different people, depending on where they're at. That is really what prompted me to mm -hmm. create this workbook. Because when I think about the workbook, I think about it as it is like below, it is like, I'm kind of curious, I'm not sure. So people that are in that space can access some of the materials, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea behind the, the workbook is I walk people through four self-discovery tools. Mm -hmm. I walk them through discovering their human design chart and what that means. Um, astrology, I go into the big three. I go into Ayurveda and their doshas. And mm -hmm. then I go into Dharma, the Dharma archetypes. And why I see that progression, because the first two, the human design and the astrology really helps us to figure out who we are, who are we meant to be? How are we meant to be in this world and interact with those around us? And then when you'd go into Ayurveda with the doshas, that really then speaks to your physical body and the energies. Mm -hmm. How are we working to heal some of that energy? How are we working to balance that energy within our bodies? And then going into the Dharma archetypes is really a way for us to help discover what our passions are in life. What are you meant to actually be doing in life? So I see this as a beautiful journey as who are we? Now I, I need to get to know the inside. I need to know myself on an energetic level. And then now that I know all of these, where am I supposed to be going? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Whew, that is quite the journey. And I love how you start off with asking a question. Who are you? Who yeah. are you truly? Because <clears throat> without that, it's easy, easy to think that we are our titles which is true. I, I am uh, a sister. I am a daughter. That is true. However, we need to go deeper and going deeper is where it's at. Because once you go deeper, 
then the confidence gets deeper, the boundaries get deeper, you understand your journey, you entertain less drama (laughs) at all, and you get to protect your peace and happiness while still growing and expanding. So I love that it, it takes them through that journey where they can learn about themselves in that uh th- that level of depth yeah yeah it's like oh and I think about it because I see I see this huge vision of what's in my future and like I said the workbook is that first entry point so mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm also doing in the background behind the scenes is I am now creating which will hope will be ready for release probably within the next couple of weeks All I'm right. creating a self-paced course where nice. I take I take the ideals from the workbook, but go even deeper. And then I teach people, well, with human design, here is a spiritual tool that you can use to incorporate those embodiment t- techniques into your lives. And I do that with each of the modalities. So it's taking that dive even deeper. So if you're just not sure, you kind of want a little bit of a taste, there's the workbook. And then mm-hmm. if you want more and you want to dive even deeper, there's now going to be the self-paced course. And then diving even further and going even further, then I'm going to beginning to offer one-on-one coaching experiences. And down the line, I want to have a huge group coaching container because doing this work in a group, like I just got chills thinking about it, doing work like this in a group you feed off of everybody's energy mm-hmm. and you're in a group of people that are high vibe. They are looking to grow. They are looking right. to expand. And for me personally, I've had the best and the most growth for myself in group containers mm-hmm. because you pick up and you learn from everybody else also. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. Truly, truly amazing. And it, it is needed. <laughs> for yes. Sure. Definitely. So I want to go back a little bit to uh, your journey. So once you got started, what were some of the modalities that you uh, use at that time? And what are some of the modalities you use now? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that changed my life forever was Kundalini yoga. Mm. I had no idea what it was before. I wasn't even like a yogi before my journey either. Like, yeah, I did. I would go to a yoga class once here or there with a friend, um, but it wasn't a part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then somebody introduced me, one of the coaches I had worked with introduced me to Kundalini yoga. And when I was introduced to Kundalini, it was like the gates opened. It finally made sense because it was, and as sad as this sounds, it was almost like a cheat for me, like I always try to find ways to work smarter, not harder. So when somebody introduced Kundalini to me, it was like, so I get to meditate and I get to do movement and I get to start manifesting all at the same time. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like I get to do it all at the same time. I was like, sign me up because with Kundalini, there's a Kriya that you practice that will call in almost anything that your heart desires. Mm -hmm. So picking that And you're just working with the energy and then working with the energy. So I still do. I still do Kundalini. I do my Kundalini every morning. It's how I start my day. It's one of those things that I do. Like, I I don't feel complete if I don't Mm. do my Kundalini. And if I can't do it during in the morning, because say I hit the snooze button and I shouldn't have. um, Have to catch a plane. (laughs) Going on vacation. So, but that's the thing too, is on vacation. So you mentioned vacation on vacation. 
I tend to shy away from some of my practices. I feel like that's normal for most people, but Kundalini mm. is always something that I try to, to pull in even while I am away from home because it is so important to me. It just realigns my energy. Um, and then I feel like I can take on the day, but it has also been helpful with manifesting, with manifesting things into my life. Um, and then also at the beginning, what else? Oracle cards. I discovered Oracle mm -hmm. cards at the very beginning of my journey. And I love them because it was something hands-on. It was tangible mm -hmm. that I can touch. At that time, the idea of intuition was a little foreign. It was a little confusing to me. I was like, well, this is so woo-woo. Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, mm -hmm. But I knew it was something that I was being called to. Like, I was always in the spaces with the spiritual people, everyone's like, you are so intuitive. Like your intuition is just so on point. And I was like, no way, this is so weird. So working with Oracle cards was a gateway for me to begin to build my intuition. Because like we did in the beginning with you, it was, we're not gonna read the guidebook. We're just gonna look at the card and we're gonna think about the feelings and think about what it makes me feel and trust those feelings, trust your intuition, trust the thoughts that come up. Because most of the time we do not trust ourselves because we're looking for validation from everybody else outside of us. So working with the Oracle cards really helped to build my own trust within myself because I would look at the cards and I would come up with what I thought it was. And then I would open the guidebook and then it would turn into a competition. It would turn into a game because <laughs> it was like, oh my God, I did it. I, I, I caught the picture. I caught the message. Like, yes, this yeah. is what it was intended to be. So then I started to kind of build myself up, if you will, by giving myself that positive reinforcement from the guidebooks. Um, what else? What else? And then Reiki. I be I was introduced to Reiki by a dear friend of mine who is a Reiki practitioner. I had no idea about it, but I've always been called to the energetics. So my mm. intuition comes to me through feeling, right? So some people, they see images, some people, they hear things. For me, it's a feeling that manifests mm. first. So working with energy, I always felt very called to. And I had the opportunity to be trained as a Reiki practitioner for the energetic healing. However, I never used it on clients or maybe I would infuse it into a meditation here and there, but I honestly really got certified for myself Yeah. to start working with my chakras and balancing my chakras and doing that kind of stuff. And as, as I've continued in my own growth journey, what I find myself drawn to the most are those practices that involve the energetics, whether mm -hmm. it's the energetics of the voice and the mantras, or it's energetics as far as working with the chakras and, you know, the Kundalini and things like that. I feel that that has been most successful for me personally. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I know of Kundalini yoga and from what you're telling me, it sounds amazing. And I need to look more into that. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. really cool. And it's, it's also interesting uh, when you said, when you travel, there are many things that you don't do, but you still do the Kundalini uh, yoga. It's funny because when I travel, I also don't do a lot of things. It's like, I don't need it, especially when I'm by a beach. It's like, I'm, yes. I'm by the ocean. Uh -huh. the, the, I, I can see the night better because there are no street lights. 
it's very interesting how that happens depending on your location, the, the set of modalities you do or don't do and things like that. Yeah, I travel with a, I always travel with a deck of Oracle cards too, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. One time I traveled with so many crystals and oh. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the TSA agent. What is this? He goes, what, what is this? I'm like, well, it's a rose quartz. <laughs> That is so funny. I, I, you know what crystals I carry crystals every day. I have two of my purse. And then when I was getting into crystals and as silly as this sounds, I would go on dates and going out on first dates, I would tuck the crystals in my bra. I would do that too. <laughs> then they will fall out. I'm like, Oh my God, so I stopped doing it. Cause I forget that. <laughs> and then you get home at the end of the night. And you go to take off your clothes and all this stuff falls out. You're like, oh my God, I forgot they were even there. Right, right. I didn't want my crystals to crack. And luckily they didn't. But I just thought, you know what? I'm good. Especially <laughs> when it rolls like or it bounces under the bed. And you got to go. I'm like, you know what? We'll just yeah. have it in my pocketbook or we'll, we'll, we'll figure it uh -huh. out. But yeah, I don't do the bra anymore for that reason. <laughs> I used to do it all the time. But so crystals is one thing that in... in just talking with you right now, I've recognized that I don't do as much work with crystals anymore as I used to. Mm -hmm. I have them. They're set up in certain places of my house. When I meditate, I, yeah. I do set them up depending on what my intention is. But I don't know, maybe I'm feeling called to work with my crystals a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's what you just told me is that I need to do that. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely a progression because um, I used to work with crystals so much more than I do now. But I am definitely more on the energetics, gosh, mm -hmm. just working with the frequency vibration, like I was saying earlier, and, and energy. And, and I, I still do Reiki, but I'm just really hunkering down to understand more about the nervous system, yeah. even deeper with the chakras. So that's where I'm at right now. I mean, I still work with goddesses, even though during one meditation, I basically got yelled at and said, you don't need us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I went from being nervous to talk about the goddesses to now there is, and it was Hecate in particular. And I was always hearing you're like us, you're our sister. And then, then it was just, you don't need us, you know? So I think it's just, it's a progression that happens, but I still have crystal. They're very beautiful. I love them. And I will always have them around, but I don't work with them as much, as much as I used to. Yeah. I feel like, and, and that's kind of to, to the point that I made earlier is we almost have to, and, I, and I'm reverting back to education speak, right? We talk about in education now that we have to differentiate. We have to meet the students where they're at. We have to differentiate the instruction. And your spiritual journey is exactly the same. Is everybody needs something different? Or maybe what I need isn't going to be successful for you or someone else. But we also go through phases of growth right? Mm -hmm. Where we might be working with crystals for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden, and it's not that we've learned all we needed to. It's right, right, right. now we're good. Mm -hmm. I can explore something else and I'm going to learn a lot more and I'm going to pick up new lessons and there's going to be new things that come across. And then it's, it's just very cyclical in that way is mm -hmm. there's people that get so stuck and I, and, and just, and I'm not trying to criticize, but there's people that just get so stuck on one modality where yeah. it's, it's Reiki all the time, or it's breath work all the time, or it's whatever the case may be. And while that's great to have that, 
there are other pieces of us that need other things, or there right. will be a time in our lives where we do need to be introduced to something new because we learn all we need to learn. And now it's time to grow even more. So now something new comes in and we're learning, we're learning about something new, but we're also healing on a, on a different level. Oh, yes, that is so true. For example, yesterday, uh, so I'm learning more about hurt. And um, yesterday I was listening to, uh, what's it called? Sofegio, Sofegio, uh, different hurts where it's um, the hurts for love. It's like, I I forget it now, but you know, all the different, you know, hurts numbers. And so one started off with the root chakra and I didn't realize it at first. I just, I played it. I just read a brief description, but right where the root chakra is, I felt something that I've never felt before. And I've been a Reiki practitioner for gosh, maybe 10 years now, but I felt it towards the back area, not the middle, not the front, but closer to the spine. And I forget what that part is called between, um, it's uh, it's that part between your anus and and like your vulva. It's like that. I forget what it's called, but anyway, it's like I felt it like more towards back there. It was something energetic, and I looked it up. I'm like, okay, well, what does this one mean? And it had to do with the, that root chakra, the getting rid of fear and insecurities. And I thought, oh my goodness, <sighs> there was a little bit of fear because I'm working on a couple of projects, and I had these things where I was thinking, I don't know, I need to think about it, you know, so it really just helped dissolve like real time. I felt that because I just, I was laying on, on my sectional, I had my window open, I'm getting these nice breezes and I just said, oh my gosh, what is that energy? Like Mm -hmm. I just literally felt something just like vibrate and go away. So you just never know. That is so, so beautiful. And it makes me so happy to hear that you're working with sounds and things like that, because one of the big things that I've been doing almost the same thing, you know, when we think about energy, everything in the world is energy, but Mm -hmm. the vibration that comes from sound is so powerful, whether it's sound that we are speaking or sound that we're hearing or listening through music and things like that it is almost underrated. Like, I don't think people realize how powerful sound is in creating that change, that energetic shift that we need to change in our lives. But that's why people use affirmations all the time. Mm -hmm. Using affirmations, yes, you can have them written and you can continue writing them. But once you start speaking them out loud and declaring them and speaking them with your voice, that is when you truly start to believe. Mm -hmm. So the same thing with, like you said, with the the frequencies and how the frequencies are moving that energy, that it's beautiful. And you and I are pretty much on the same path right now (laughs) because I'm doing a lot of the same stuff. Like I listen to my binaural beats. Mm -hmm. I've got one of the things on my playlist is a love frequency with Mm -hmm. with all of that. and just really being mindful of what it is I'm listening to as well, right? Yeah, so yeah. listening to the lyrics of songs because mm-hmm. like they keep saying, like it's all over TikTok and social media, right? Like the, the songs you listen to are going to manifest. The things that you're listening to are going to manifest. And like, it's just, it's so powerful that, and if you've never been, you should go to a sound healing. Have you oh, ever yes. gone? 
No, I haven't gone to a sound healing. I definitely need to do that. You should find, I'm sure there's a place somewhere near you that does the Mm -hmm. sound bath or there's a sound healing. I've got, there's a couple of places near me where we've done, they do a combination where they do a breath work at the beginning Mm -hmm. and then they close it off with a, with a sound bath. And just when you feel all of that, like going Mm -hmm. through, you feel, you feel so many shifts, so much comes up. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm getting like a little emotional. Think about it. Cause just what the, the, um, the meditation that I listen to, I just get all these feelings. It's one meditation that I listen to. I always get a download. It's always, and then I had to write it out right then and there, all the things. Yep. It's amazing. So I'm about to wrap this up, but I, I, I want to throw this out there because this is something that I would love to see. And it, it might have to be in, in, in a, um, a private school format. Cause I doubt this is going to happen with public schools because you know, it's public. Do you see schools eventually transforming to be more a spiritual center where they're teaching kids meditation, say like in uh, first grade, and then by the time they're in 12th grade, they're learning about chakras and and they can be prepared Mm -hmm. to be Reiki practitioners. So first, maybe you and I should be teaming up and opening a school like this. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Honestly in the world of education, if it's not a charter school, you're never going to see something like that in in Mm. the public education system. And it's for, it's for a couple of reasons. Um, the district that I was last working with out in New Jersey, before I moved to here to Arizona, we were doing a lot of things where we were implementing a social emotional curriculum into Mm. our, into the school district. But that was, we had to be very careful with how we presented it and the things that we said because the community was giving us a lot of pushback. Mm. They didn't want their kids to be meditating because a lot of people take meditation and they think about it having to do with religious or something religious. And the same thing with yoga. They think that it has Mm. something to do with religion. Unfortunately, because of the way our society is and in thinking about the generations before us that are still here, they're not going to let it happen. because there's too many people in today's society that are not healed. So they don't see the power of all of this that has to happen, which is why I am so, and I just got goosebumps thinking about what I'm going to say next, which is why I feel so called to this mission because Mm. the more people we can heal, the better our society is going to be. And I 1000% believe that we need to start incorporating some of this stuff into school systems in some way, shape, or form, because if nothing else, it's going to create people, humans, that are better equipped to handle things in the future. Why do I have, why did I, why did I have to wait until my thirties before I started healing myself? Why did I have to wait so long before I got to know who I actually was? And it's because of the confines, honestly, of school and society. Like, I shouldn't have to wait till I'm 30 to have to deal with all of the trauma and unlearn and all of that. Could you imagine where my life would be? And I, you know what? They were all learning experiences, so I'm not going to knock any of it. But could you imagine where these kids, like the, the life and what they can provide for the society and the world as a whole if we're producing people that are just confident mm-hmm. and and just okay with being them and striving for excellence. Right, right. In, in their own regard, you don't have to worry about 
oh man, I didn't pass this test that's standardized in this way. For example, when I was in college, I would knock out writing uh, uh, essays, the, the little blue book we had back in the day. But if you gave me multiple choice, I will overthink it to the day. I would literally run out of time. But if you gave me a book, and that's why I loved when the professors would say, you have your option of, you can write an essay format, you could do multiple choice, or you can even talk to the professor about what you learned, you know, professor okay. asked you questions. And I did that for a psychology class. I love, I'm, I can talk and tell you what yep. I learned. I can write and tell you what I learned. But if you give me multiple choice, or even the, the one that I feel like <laughs> there's definitely something there because I'm a little triggered. Those stupid math questions in paragraph form. And then they will put some random number in there. Like, okay, Johnny arrives at 342 with 10 apples and the train is coming. Well, what, the, what does the 10 apples have to do with anything? Why, why would you throw that in there? It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, but the reason why you hated multiple choice questions is because our subconscious doesn't want to be wrong. So the second mm. you see choices on, on the paper or the screen, you know that one of those is right and the other three are wrong. So we are so afraid and we are conditioned yeah. that way, right? Like we're afraid to make mistakes. Whereas yeah. with you talking to a professor or writing it down, there was no right or wrong. There was no limitation. Right. It was just right. tell me what you know. So mm. that that stress almost was just eliminated. I like what you said too. No limitations with multiple choice. It's just memorization. What do you learn? Mm -hmm. But when you're writing and when you're talking, you're literally telling what you learned. Yes. And, and your perspective of it. So yeah, maybe one day I have, again, I have so many ideas. I have so many things written down about how I would like a school to look. <laughs> so it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Jillian. Any final words? I'll just, the only thing that I want to leave the listeners with is just the encouragement, right? Like, yeah, we feel stuck sometimes. And yes, we feel like we're not good enough sometimes. And you can go down those negative rabbit holes. But awareness of that is the first step. This yeah. first step is to just be mindful and aware that you have these patterns. It's not that it's right or wrong. It doesn't make you any less than. I'll recognize that these patterns are there because then the next step is to take the time to work on it. And there is no time that is too late to go on any of these self-growth journeys because if you are mindful now, it doesn't matter how old you are or if you think it's too late, you still have so much more life to live that you deserve to be living the life of your dreams. Right, yes, you deserve to be living the life of your dreams. That is so true. And don't let anyone take that away from you. And trust me, there are, there are, there are people <laughs> who rather you live small and watered down. <sighs> what a refreshing conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've learned so much and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. To everyone, you know, I am rooting for you. I'm sending you so many blessings. Remember to be kind to yourself until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, Magical One. Visit my website at tiamariejohnson.com to subscribe to my newsletter and be the first to know about upcoming guests and exciting events. As always, I'm sending you lots of love and many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember, 
to be kind to yourself. Until next time. 